HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, June 11th. This is the 23rd episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, we're returning to pastry talk, as I have an extremely talented consulting pastry chef in the studio with me. But before I introduce him, I will do my PR tip, and then later we will do my speed round questions, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to be loyal. I like being loyal to nice people and companies that do good and deserve the work and recognition. Unfortunately, not everyone out there has the best business etiquette, honest relations, and work ethics. So when you find people who do have those qualities, they're keepers. Working consistently with great people will make your life and their lives easier. So when you find good eggs, so to speak, be loyal. That's my tip today. Okay, I'm really excited about my guest because he brought me some treats. So, I mean, what more could I ask for? A, a super cool guy who's very talented pastry chef. It's Pichet Ong. And he grew up in Thailand, Hong Kong, and Singapore, but he went to school at Brandeis University, and he earned a master's master's degree in architectural design from the University of California at Berkeley. Bichet served as pastry chef at La Folie, Olives, Tabla, RM, and for John George, and many more. He's been awarded three stars three times by the New York Times and has received numerous other press accolades. He also has made television, many television appearances, including Iron Chef America, and he's a cookbook author. And he is currently consulting on a myriad of projects worldwide, which we, we are going to hear about. So welcome, Pichet. 
Thank you, Sherry, and thank you, Heritage Radio, for um, uh, hosting me again. Like, I'm so honored to be here, and I love it every time I come here. Any chance for free pizza, like I said before. Um, you know, yeah. take, taking a couple seconds back, going back to loyalty, um, your tip, PR uh-huh. tip of the day or the week. Right. You know, I think that that it's also my motto because, um, you know, I've been in industry for over 20 years. And to me, um, there are people that are loyal to me and, and that I'm loyal to. I was actually reevaluating my client list the other day, um, yesterday, actually, with some friends, like, you know, who were asking me, who am I working for? And... I, I thought about that for a second, and everyone I name is like repeat customer, um, you know, people that I've been working with for years, um, you know, who employ me, uh, that I work with over and over again. I think that's like really, um, you know, a, a truly a beautiful thing for me to have. Um, that's great. I mean, you know, I, I, I do these tips, and I did not run that by you. So the fact that you relate and is makes my day. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I totally relate to it. Um, so you know because you know uh-huh. it's in the industry is always changing and um, it's very transient um, because people fall in and out of the industry uh, sometimes by chance it's not what they want to do um, a lot of the times uh, and and they don't always stay and um, you know but you know people move in circles in the industry mm-hmm. and I think that it's it, it's it's good to you know for you in 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 your uh, list and my list is that you know they keep coming back they keep returning yeah no it's great so now i want i want to ask you well first what did you bring me here cuz i'm going to try and eat on live radio cuz well, it looks delicious people tell me i'm like um I'm like a grandma. <laughs> you know, I, 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 grandma uh, brought me treats. I always thought that it's always you know best to um, you know visit people with a gift, and you know what could be better than something Yum. that you just made. <laughs> so I brought you a chocolate cherry tart, which I did this morning, and mm. um, a rice krispie treat, a little bit of chocolate, you know. Oh wow, the chocolate cherry is awesome. Yeah, Thank I actually you. came from a photo shoot um, for um, Tracy's A Bar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, I wanted to ask you, because I thought this was very interesting in your bio, that you studied architecture. Because mm-hmm. I had on Jansen Chan recently, and he's the director of pastry operations at the International Culinary Center. Yes. And he also studied architecture. Yes, he so, did. So what's up with that? Same school, actually, Berkeley. Really? I mm-hmm. mean, is that is that really the key to becoming a pastry chef, studying architecture? Um, there's been quite a few... Um, uh, pastry chefs who have architectural background and chefs too um, I think that there's something about um, the idea of conceptualizing something taking it apart and putting it back together it's very pastry like and also um, you know we always don't do desserts for, for ourselves or even for um, uh, one particular audience but it's, it's for everyone mm-hmm. it's like the owner and the chef uh, the restaurant that you're in, the kitchen that you're in, it's all—it's always contextual, and that's what you learn in architecture. Is like you never just build something from ground up without any kind of, um, uh, you know, what's before and what's after, what's next to you, what's underneath you. You know, you always have to work within context, and I think that that's what I learned in architecture school. That I think has, um, you know, brought me where I am today because I can really work with any anyone in any situation. Um, I mean, I do mostly yeah. pastries and desserts just because I love it. But then you could put me in a Mexican restaurant, Chinese restaurant, American steakhouse, bakery, airplane. Like, you know, it's, it's like these are the contexts that I'm working with. And, um, and you know, I do the right d- desserts for, the, for, for such environment. 
Right. So when you got started, well, how did you get started? How did you go from school into being a self-taught pastry chef and then getting these incredible, you worked at a lot of amazing restaurants in New York City over your career? Um, I I have to say that I've been blessed um, that I've worked with really great people who, um, you know, are like family to me. I still keep in touch with my first chef, Roland Paso in San Francisco. I mean, I can't resist um, going back to his restaurant. Um, it's been run for so long, you know, and and just because, you know, people, you know, the, the average diner likes to go to the latest and the hottest new places. But for me, when I return to San Francisco, I go back to where I worked um, a lot of the times. <laughs> I end up going to Chez Panisse. I end up going to <laughs> La Folie. I really love it. And, um, and, and I keep in touch with um, Chef Laurent. And, uh, and, you know, he opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, it was the first time I, um, you know, went into cooking professionally. And I got my ass kicked. But, you know, that's, that's what it takes. And, you know, and, and I didn't go to culinary school but um, I was also blessed to have um, my mom and her sisters, who are um, avid bakers and, and, and cooks, home cooks, who uh, pretty much taught me the basics. Um, and I think the, the thing that I learned the most was not to have any kind of preconceived uh, idea of uh, you know, a technique or how to cook something. You just cook with love, use the best ingredients, and it's all going to be good. Yeah, well, that, I think, is a good, a good strategy. Now, I'm remembering back you, when you worked at RM, mm-hmm. and I, I think I might have told you this, but I was freelancing at the time. And I remember I, Peggy Taglarino. I worked for Peggy, you, and I wrote, I think I wrote your bio. No, you didn't write my bio. You or fixed I edited. it. You edited I edited it. your I bio. <laughs> I mean, that was like 2002-ish? Yeah, 2002. Okay. Um, that was my first uh, New York opening. <laughs> Rick Moon is another one that I, you know, yeah. um, you know, I think about it all the time. Like he, he's in he, Vegas uh, now. He's in Vegas now. Actually, he's mm-hmm. travel. I think he's also in Hawaii. Uh, it, it's hard to keep keep you know track of him, but um, you know, I, I text him when I'm in Vegas and um, go to RM the first chance I get. Great seafood. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, how would you describe your style then with with pastry? Um, I think first and foremost, just because of the way. Um, you know, I grew up, I, you know, I come from a family where there's no, um, once again, there's like no set rules on when or what to eat. You know, I, there would be days that I would wake up and I would have, go straight to the freezer and dig in for ice cream. Um, and my mom and my dad, they, neither one of them says anything. And I think that, um, you know, I, I have a very whimsical approach to to cooking and, and, and looking at uh, desserts and, um, you know, which has changed over the course of time in many, many ways. Like we're losing structure in a little bit. But I've never, you know, I like structure, but I've never been a big fan of that in dessert just because, especially in restaurant, um, just because, you know, with, with stuff that you make, I mean, you, I, there's a lot of things you can do and tricks you can do to um, serve everything in the best textures. And when you do that, you don't necessarily, uh, you know, pay all the attention on structure, but rather on taste and texture. The tricks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. do. Okay. I mean, That's it, why you see a lot of crumbs and soils. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of negative thing about that, but, but uh, you know, it's a really smart way of, of, of doing dessert. And it's actually the chef way of doing dessert. Um, that's why you see a lot of that kind of compositions on a plate, just piles of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I'll go ahead. I'll ask my question from last week now because okay. it kind of fits in. I had on uh, 
Jono, say his name right this time, Jono Pandolfi, and he's a ceramics designer, and he's done 11 Madison Park and Nomad and Aterra, lots of places. So I asked him to ask you a question, and his question was, if you could design one versatile ideal plate for pastry, what would it be? Because he was, and he was right. noting that a lot of times pastry plates are the salad plate. Right. Um, it's the salad plates for me. It's a great plate for pastry. Um, it's the right size, um, and um, you know, actually, I'm quite familiar with his work. It's very. Um, I think the the word I would describe uh, it would be um, organic. Like I know that's like a, a word that's like overused in in food and in in, in art and sculpture. Mm, but I think organic. that yeah, okay. organic. But I think that that works well with um, with. Um, with the you know the restaurants that just you had just mentioned, but if there's one plate that I always look for, is one which um, is a cross between a plate and a bowl, um, not quite a bowl because you can't put soup in it, but you can put liquid or sauce into it and it holds without um, spilling over if the waiter um, you know has to walk it across the dining room. Um, I'm also not a big fan of lip on a plate. Um, just because sometimes I like sauce to run um, to the edge. So what you would have on the on on the this plate bowl combo the, mashup thing is that the piche collection <laughs> is that uh, it has no lip and you can plate mm-hmm. all through the edge. It's just like a blank canvas, but with a slight curve at the bottom. Should it be um, white? Uh, or does, does I, it matter? Uh, I actually prefer a little bit off white. Um, and you know, with with my style of plating, like in the recent restaurants or years, is a little bit messy, you know, organically messy. And I think with that, it works a little bit better with off white. You know, there's less to wipe, and it just looks more um, like the color of canvas. All right, cool. How's well, that? <laughs> that's great. That's great. We'll see if he'll make you make you this collection. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna take a quick break here, so stay with us. We'll be right back with All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is consulting pastry chef Pichet Ong. We're obviously talking pastry. So, Pichet, 
you transitioned. You were you were in house, and you worked for John George for a long time. I mean, you're, you've worked for incredible, incredible restaurant tours and and a lot of amazing places in New York and beyond. So, how and why did you go from the transition from being in house to out of house? Oh, um, you know, it's 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 been a strange. Uh, period for me the last four years um, you know I worked for John George for a while and then um, you know opened up like four restaurants for him or maybe five I don't remember now and then I don't um, either and then, <laughs> and then finally I opened up my own restaurant and shop uh, Pong and Batch in I, West Village right I remember um, Pong yeah I you know I poured all I had into it you know energetically and financially and everything and um, towards the end I was actually going through, through a really rough time um, my mom had a stroke uh, I was going through a divorce. Uh, it was just, um, it's, it, it was really difficult at that time for me. And, and um, I, you know, at, at one point I just had, I was just forced to um, make a choice and I had to let the restaurant go and, um, you know, put my, putting myself deep in the hole, so to speak, for a while. And the only way for me to keep, you know, working and plugging away with what I do is, is, is to, um, to consult only because that would give me a certain kind of, Flexibility. I mean, the amount of work is still the same, but I was just a little bit more flex- flexible with my time, um, and to, you know, to take care of things. And now that it's all, you know, my mom's better now. She's she's like she has no more um, uh, symptoms like from you know the stroke. Oh, so I think that great. it's yeah, it's good time for me to actually come back and do something of my own again. Um, oh, yeah. And um, but you know, th- that was the re- the main reason why I went to consulting. Okay. Um, you know, once again, going back to the whole blessing thing, I think that, that um, you know, the fact that I closed my restaurant and, you know, I went back to consulting with John George and I worked with other companies like Max Brenner. I worked with um, um, a major ice cream company, uh, Hakan Daz, and, and other companies as well that's major like that. And I think that that's a great, uh, I, I felt like a great sense of support uh, since then. Oh, that's I, great to hear. Yeah, I did yeah. a short scene with John Bash. I mean, these are people that I'm, I'm very, very thankful for for um, helping me restart my life and regaining my reputation and wealth and keeping me back in the business. Oh, that's great. So what's it... Oh, did you want to... You well, have a, you have a, I don't know. You're I'm, checking your phone. There's a tweet. What's I'm, happening? I'm, I'm just sort of uh, multitasking here. So um, my friend Mara Cohen, who's, um, uh, whose Twitter name is uh, Bon Vivante, she just asked me a question. Is eating all these delicious pastries your beauty secret? Yes, it is. <laughs> Just keep eating because look at Sherry. She's glowing now from the chocolate tart. I know. I say I'm going to finish that piece of pie. Oh, that estrogen is like rushing to your face. I love it. Okay, it's so, so good. Um, all right. Yeah, I love it. We had a calling question. That's our, our uh, texting question. That's, that's a tweeting question. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, consulting. Yes. What I mean, what's it like? What what when you consult with? You know, with it's a restaurant. I mean, how much? Yeah, how does it work? I, I'm kind of like um, it's like it's a nice situation for me actually because like like I was saying earlier, like I you know I studied architecture and I I understand context and doing food for the you know for people for, you know depending on the venue that you're in, and I think that um, that consulting was a great great platform for me because there's so much I can do, um, and any of these outlets that I'm working with now can actually turn itself into a career. Like I'm working a lot with Latin American restaurants, just for example. I work with Julian Medina, and I think that uh, he's my actually my favorite um, Mexican chef in New York. And he's awesome. It, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And well, and 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 
you know, you know, I'm proud to work with people like that because it, it and it, and that whole direction can can actually go in its own course. You know, sort of like what I did with John George with Asian uh, restaurants that we open up, and um, and so it's a great situation for me in that I can experiment with with co- recipes and concepts and ideas and you know whether I do play desserts for one place or I do uh, bakery items for another place. I think it's good good situation for me. Um, but you know, I've actually had enough of it for four years, only because um, you know I need a home um, for friends to come and visit, for me to keep doing the same product over and over again, and um, you know, and 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 doing my food again. Um, I mean, I hate to use that term, my food, because it's never mine. Because I feel like when you make something, it's 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 for the public. You know, you never do anything for yourself, really. Um, right, but you are the one creating it, right. so I mean, you're just not eating it all. I mean, you're eating I, a little I, bit to get the looks, uh, but not all of it, of it <laughs> to lose the looks. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then this whole scenario of also, you know, being, sometimes I feel like a, a vendor a little bit, chasing people after payments. It's not the most, it's, it, uh, you know, I can the, relate. You, know you, you know, exactly yeah. what I mean. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. not always, you know, all glory and all, you know. Um, Those I, are the bad eggs. Yeah. I talked about the good exactly. eggs. Exactly. Yes. Um, I mean, I've had clients who haven't paid me in two years, and you know, at at one point, you just sort of let it go, and talk about loyalty. Somehow, maybe they'll come back again. I'm just going to say, "Hey, where's my five hundred dollars?" You know, as little as that. Seriously, yeah, no, right? I, but it, um, you know, you do the work. You deserve, you deserve, you know, what to be to be paid. Yeah, yeah. you need to be whole. Everything, mm-hmm. everything in life, you know, at some point needs to be made whole again. Right. So, what it, what's changed over the years in pastry? Either with your style or just in general? Well, I love this whole trend of, you know, being a little bit savory. Like, a lot of vegetables are being used and incorporated into dessert. Um, sugar is being cut down. Uh, pastry is being rethought, you know, in terms of um, how to make it and how to put it together, you know, in, in, in uh, structure. Uh, and, you know, mentioning structure before. Um, you know, you see a lot of, you know, what these some of the media is calling, like, piles of stuff on a plate. Um, deconstructed pies and uh, sundaes and uh, say that again. They're calling what piles of stuff on a oh, plate. Piles. You know, okay. like, like a lot of crumbs, some kind of mousse, mm-hmm. some kind of schmear. Um, you know, I I, I I think they're beautiful. Um, to me, it's like a really great way um, to express uh, you know flavor uh, and 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 not be uh, uh, constrained by um, structure. Like making like such as the piece of you know tart that you're having, you can actually. Each component can be in its uh, best cooked form, you know, like a fruit compote, uh, a brown butter uh, emulsion, or uh, you have um, crumbs that are always crunchy as opposed to soggy in a traditional pie. I mean, I don't do that, but then I've had it. So I think that um, I think for a chef, uh, sometimes, you know, in a small restaurant when they don't have a pastry chef, um, they go that route. And I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a nice approach because... It's tasty, and it leaves you with this impression that you've had something sweet on your way out, you know. And I think that um, it's 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 a different structure that now I've gotten used to. In the beginning, I was like a little bit surprised. Um, it's you know, what is this? I ordered a pie, and I'm getting like a whole bunch of stuff on a plate. Right. You know, I was just thinking. Have I you d- thought? Have you seen those? Desserts? I have, and I was I was thinking I do I do my solo dining experience in the show, and I've talked about a few places like Alonda I went to where they have single scoops of 
ice cream or, gel- or gelato or sorbet that you can get, um, you know, house made. And I've been liking that as a trend mm. because when I'm solo, a lot of times I don't want to get a dessert because yeah. I just want a bite or two. Mm-hmm. So I I like that the the like mini dessert. Yeah, desserts. Uh, I mean, pastry chef in restaurants. I mean, this has been going on for the last few years. Have been considered an accessory in a way. Um, I mean, I I get it. I mean, I've been a business owner. Sales is not always the best with um, dessert. I mean, like it takes a, a prefix format where um, certain funds are allocated to the pastry department because everybody gets dessert if they have like a three course dinner that at, you know at a mm-hmm. set price. But not every restaurant is like that. Actually, they've, I mean, actually, you're seeing f- tasting menus coming back again, but then the the three course f- format is this le- there are less and less of them now around all over. And so, you know, restaurants or business owners rethink the position of pastry chef. And that's why we pastry chefs are also forced to rethink our careers as well. Many of them have gone to consultant. Many, many of them have opened up their own shops, ice cream especially. Ice cream um, has become so huge. With, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Nick Morganson's place. I, I mean, haven't I, been there I, yet. I, I, yeah. I'm not here to pitch other people, but then talk about also Sam Mason's Art Fellows. It's really amazing. Um, Houston has a great ice cream shop too called um, Cloud 10. So, um, you know, a lot of pastry chefs now are seeking that route of opening up their own shops. And I think that that's, uh, that's, uh, that's truly, truly a beautiful thing. Um, Many of them also work for large corporations um, that uh, that do uh, wholesale, commissary, or recipe development. And I think that, um, you know, I think we just need to um, think more like a chef and see. Because, you know, our careers are capped at a certain point. Um, you know, we're not like chef where we're running, you know, 90% of the numbers of the restaurant and, and can take control of the of the restaurant. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So I understand they, you know, financially and in terms of position, we have to peak at some point. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also, I think, why consulting works, too, or that well, there's opportunity to consult with yes. restaurants because they might not have the the budget or for the right. in-house pastry chef. Right. And because I've opened so many restaurants, I think, um, I don't know, 15 or 16 and still counting. Uh, in New York, I think that um, I think because of that, a lot of people, you know, come to me. Um, to help them with openings. I mean, I don't even have a website. I'm actually surprised that I'm finding new clients. Well, you do have a website, but I think it's, it's outdated. It's, <laughs> thank <laughs> you, you need, for pointing that out to me. you need me to edit it again for you. <laughs> please do. Please take control of my website. It, it needs a life, you know, to have a but life on its own. There's a lot. Go, but there, it, there, you, if you Google you, well, you have a Wikipedia page do you know that oh i didn't know that but yes you do i was i mean and it, it, has a lo- it. it probably needs updating everything too. needs a little updating but i was it, it was a full full bio on you i mean you, there's a lot out there i'm afraid on you. to look I, I don't know what my internet presence is it's <laughs> probably really old and needs updating all right I, well, you know. we'll, well we'll talk about that <laughs> after maybe i can help you Okay, cool. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to do my speed round, and we're going to talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. We continue our imaginary flight curving inward, closer to the sun.
the ocean is one of the last wild frontiers. The underwater world has its own patterns of movement. Each animal species has developed its own way to... Hey, you're not gonna go on you, do you? Oh, no, man. <laughs> oh, hey, well, if you don't, man, I do. Here, <laughs> light this up. Oh, far out, man. Oh, well, it's a stop, dude, Welcome back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Pichet Ong, and it's time for my speed round game. Are you ready, Pichet? Yes. So what it is, I'm going to name two things, and you pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Chocolate. Chocolate. Fab. All right, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail, or seltzer? (laughs) (laughs) Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting menu. Small plates or large plates? Large plates if delicious. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Tipping or all-inclusive charge? All-inclusive charge. Nice. Communal table or chef's counter? Uh, uh, chef's counter. Ice cream, gelato, or sorbet? Ice cream all the way. Ice cream all the way. Sugar Dome, Cupcake Wars, or Top Chef Just Dessert? I have to say Sugar Dome. (laughs) (laughs) You know that. (laughs) Uh, Well, these are all shows that you were on on Food Network or Bravo. I mean, you've done a lot of TV. I know, but Sugar Dome's my show. All right. Well, I mean, I just had to give it a little competition in this game, but go Sugar Dome. (laughs) Okay, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. You're kidding me? Yeah, that was a given. I know. All right, Manhattan or Brooklyn? Mm, I I I can't choose. All right, it's a tie. Well, you did good. You were very quick. Usually, people get stuck. I know what I want. <laughs> uh, very good. I know you do too. All right, so let's talk some industry news. Did you ever work for David Burke? Uh, I have not, but I have a great de- deal of respect for him. I mean, he, yeah, you know, he's a pastry chef turned chef. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you did. I have not. I, I have, I have greatly admire him too. Well, so there was news this week in Cranes. Uh, Lisa Fickenshire wrote a column called "David Burke Dishes on New Venture." So apparently, after eleven years with his company, he's leaving and he's starting a new company. What company is he? Le- uh, what he's leaving he his company with, and his restaurants all have David Burke pretty much in the title. So right. that's why it's 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 interesting. Um, apparently, he has a fifty fifty partner with someone who's a silent a silent partner, uh-huh. and he's starting a new company with a real estate developer that's called Chew on This Enterprises. And he's looking to do some projects here and in Chicago. And that's all that's been revealed so far. Wow. I think he would do well in Chicago. You know, his food is big. Yeah, I think he's our, he, he has a place Washington in Chicago Hoover. now at the James Hotel. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting when a chef owner leaves a company that has their name on it. I mean, obviously, there's, I, you know, he's I, been with them for a while. His restaurants have been very successful. 
and he's a very smart, talented man. So we'll have to see what comes next. I'm curious to see. I mean, but it's happened before. Yes, it um, has. Yeah, it's not the first time. I mean, the thing is that there's the chef and then there's the business. I mean, you know, it, it, it does happen that at some point they um, part ways. Yeah, it does happen. And, you know, in brand mm-hmm. creation, you know, at some point those part ways too. Yeah, no, well, it's, I mean, hopefully they'll part ways amicably and uh, we'll hear more about his new project. Okay, so other news I just saw yesterday, Wiley Dufresne tweeted that he is closing WD-50 at the end of no- November, and Eater wrote about it. They had, they had, there was a rumor earlier that he might be closing because they're changing the building that he's in. They're, they want to make a new development. So it was rumored about, but it is true. So apparently there's 170, well now today, 172 days that people can go to WD-50, and I'm sure he's going to do something else. Oh, no, I, um, it's, um, it's the first time I'm hearing it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm breaking actually, the news. <laughs> I'm always the first to know. I, I've been traveling a lot, and, and, I, and I can't believe I missed this one. Um, I do have to go now because, um, I mean, if you were to ask me what's my f- five top favorite restaurants in New York, W50 is definitely one of them. I think it's, it's one restaurant that um, if I w- didn't live in New York, um, if I came to New York, that would be the place I go to just because it's – you know it's unique and um you know it's it's it, yeah, it works really it well is. in new york um i mean i'm so i mean i love burgers i love comfort food and italian food and but you know it's a, it's a shame for me to think of new york you know let's say if i were an outsider and come to new york for you know pizza or burger i mean as much as i love this food is you know for 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 a different kind of experience w250 has been w50 has been the one for me um i'm sad to say i haven't been in a while but um but now I have a reason to go. Um, I haven't have been a, a while either. If you want to go, we should go. Let's do it. All right, done. Plan because I I celebrated a birthday there a long time ago, and it was it was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And he's you know he's ahead, always been ahead of the curve yes. and doing amazing things down in a neighborhood that wasn't cool at the time he opened down the lower well, the whole, side. Yeah, the whole menu menu uh, the progress of the menu and how his food has evolved. I mean, it's the kind of. I mean, many restaurants, as you know, you know, open up in a menu and pretty much stay mm-hmm. constant in terms of, um, you know, change, you know, changing up the menu a little bit. But W fifty is constantly evolving. I mean, with with the menu format and the recipes and, and and the dishes themselves, and you know, all the seasons that they do, and even the dessert tasting formats. I mean, it's just uh, it's just very inventive. You know, truly, yeah, truly it inventive. Is. All right. Well, cool. Well, we have a plan. We're going to go support him. See, and I'm sure he's going to do something else. Well, he's Alder. What's that? Alder. Oh, yeah, he has Alder, too. Yeah. But I have a feeling, he'll, he'll, I think I think he might just, I don't know if he'll reopen it somewhere else. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so other news this week was it's Shack Week. Did you know about this? Yes. Shake Shack's um, 10th anniversary. Yes, I got the um, Daniel Bulu burger. Delicious. Did you? So delicious. Did you wait in line or someone um, delivered it to you because you're cool? What do you cool? think? I think someone delivered it to you. <laughs> um, I don't know how many days of that I'm going to go. Um, I mean, I guess I could have burger, you know, for an entire week, just in just in honor of this whole week of burgers well, at Shake Shack. But then, um, yeah, but I but the, I really enjoyed that burger. You're not answering the question. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, well, well, he's, so he's had he has five amazing chefs 
every day this week doing a different burger. And yesterday he had David Chang do uh-huh. a, the shrimp stack burger. Uh-huh. And apparently, I saw a picture of the line around Madison Square Park. It was the longest line they've ever had. I mean, it looped all around yep. every every pathway. Uh, people were waiting hours he, for this he's burger. Very popular. Very popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't see myself having having any of these, but he, you know, I think. Congratulations to Shake Shack. I think they're, you know, 10, 10 years is awesome, and they've expanded so much. It's the most popular American brand right now worldwide, I think. Yeah. Culinarily speaking. Yeah, I would I, I, I could uh, one second of our, that. One of our best exports, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, and I talk about Danny Meyer all the time in the show because I'm just a huge fan of his and everything he does. So um, I'm a fan of the Shack Burger, and... Yeah, I mean, and they're smart with promoting. They had April Bloomfield, Daniel Hum, uh, and Andrew Zimmer were the other chefs that right. uh, they work with this week. So, happy 10-year. Uh, and the last thing I'll bring up is just because I've talked on the show a lot about Gato. Uh, oh talked God. about their reviews, and they were getting great reviews. And today it came out in the New York Times that Pete Wells gave them two two stars. And it was a glowing review. It almost sounded like a three-star review. It's I... I uh, I um, I think it should be three stars. I mean, but you know what? I, I it doesn't matter because I, I, I honestly I haven't been um, following the reviews um, recently. Uh, I do know I love Gato. It's like what my one of my favorite new restaurants. I actually have a reservation yeah. there every single week. <laughs> um, oh, cool! Um, I just went as a walk-in at the bar. Oh, I mean, uh, there's one yeah. there's one meal that actually made me kind of teary-eyed. I know it sounds really uh, wow. campy, but when I had that octopus thing, oh my god! I, had I was the like, I had to sneak to the bathroom <laughs> because I was teary eyed, and I want people to think I'm crazy, um, <laughs> or my friends to think I'm crazy. But um, the desserts are also amazing. Uh, Clarissa, the pastry chef there, she's doing really great stuff. Um, I mean, I think it's very hard to do, you know, classic desserts, and mm-hmm. and and she does them beautifully. Uh, but nice you know, but the food's great, and Bobby, yeah. you know, is on the line every single night. I mean, he really uh, works hard. He's, he yeah. he has been. So congratulations to Bobby and Lawrence. Okay, great. We're gonna take one more break and come back. I'm gonna do my solo dining experience this week. Stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. 
Now, first, I would like to give a shout out to Heritage Radio Network's Executive Director, Erin Fairbanks, because she made my weekend. She tweeted over the weekend that she I inspired her to go on a solo dining experience. She went to Ivan Ramen in Gotham West Market. So the fact that I this segment inspired her, uh, it just uh, I'm, I'm blown away. It just totally awesome. So I hope I'm inspiring more people, too, because uh, that would be very cool. Okay, so this week I went to Bar Primi, which is part of NoHo Hospitality Group, Chef Andrew Carmelini's new place that opened in the Peel space on Bowery and East 2nd. And it's it's very new. Uh, I went early. They don't take reservations. So I went early. I sat at the bar, and I had been to Peel's before. They made it a little more rustic, a little, a little warmer feel to it. Uh, I liked it. I saw the chef there. I also saw their lovely communications director, Jackie Burke. Everyone was super nice. And uh, I went for some spring-like dishes. I had, from the piccolini, I had their sweet pea and farro salad. And then I went with the seasonal pasta. I had ricotta ravioli with asparagus, spinach, and lemon. They were both great. Good portion sizes. I would recommend them both. Now, I skipped dessert because, as I said, I always skip dessert. I really heard the tiramisu there is killer. I was about to say. so. The, they pour fresh espresso over it. Well, the guy next to me who was That's dining solo, too, and we were chatting, and he got the dessert, and he got the tiramisu, and it was it was a ginormous piece. It should be ginormous if it's good. I, I thought he might offer me a bite, but he didn't, and I didn't want to like just you know offer myself a bite. But I will, I will go back and get it. So it, it looked good. Okay. Andrew Scrivani, <laughs> at Andrew Scrivani uh, in, on Twitter. He's the photographer for uh-huh. the Times. Um, he just tweeted this question. Who is the most talented new pastry chef we should be looking at right now? Uh, so quickly, um, I love Jennifer Yee. Um, I don't know if she's considered new because she's been well, around she's, for a while. But she has the best platform for a pastry chef. She and has, she's... Go ahead. She has a, a restaurant, like a high-volume restaurant. She has a bakery. I mean, it's wholesale. It's just like a big venue for her. I think that's a dream job for any pastry chef, and she's doing it beautifully, like with all the production that she do breads and croissants. She's at Lafayette. Lafayette. Which is Andrew Carmelini's other restaurant, right. Solo Dining. We're tying it all together. She probably also has a hand at... Uh, at uh, she Bob probably... Pini. Maybe she... I, I mean, don't know if she's doing away. that tiramisu. Um, uh, so, okay. Be. Cool. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned before, Clarissa Martino, I, I think that this, you know, this simple tata tang, I mean, I haven't seen it, I haven't had a tata tang this good since Claudia Fleming at Gramercy Tavern. Mm. Um, it's just beautiful pastry. If you check out my Instagram at Picheong, you'll see. Um, it's one of the few desserts um, that I've Instagrammed twice, just because it's so good. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, check out your Instagram is at Picheong. Yes. And your name is, so people know, P-I-C-H-E-T-O-N-G. All right, cool. And and back to Bar, Bar Primi. If you want to check them out, their website is barprimi.com. Okay, so we're getting towards the end. So I wanted to see, Piche, if you can ask a question for my guest next week. I am having on Julie Bessonin and the Baroness, and she is a Baroness, Sherry de Borch, Borch Grave. The Borgrave. Borch, oh, that's how you say it? So, I think so. I'm so bad with pronunciation. <laughs> I'm just going to call her the Baroness the whole show. The Baroness. She is a Baroness. Right. That's how she introduced, introduced herself to me, so I always call her that. I know. I The first, the first I think, couple years I knew her, and every email I always had to 
the Baroness was in it because I was afraid not to use it. She said, I, I don't have to now, but I still like to. Okay, so I digress. They have a new book, The Junketeers, and they it's about, they're both writers, Food and Wine, but they we're going to talk about, they go on these press trips, and so their book is about press trip thrills and nightmares. So I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's, it's going to be hoot to talk to them. So I wanted to see if you can ask them a question. Um, well, I think they do a lot of press trips, um, which I did before in the past, but not so much as media. I did it as a chef. Um, you know, sometimes I would do demos and stuff along with the press trip. I mean, they make you work a little bit. <laughs> or, you know, for the media, would come back and write about it. I mean, right. the thing that I have to say is that, um, well, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what it's about. But I think that um, if it's related to press trips, then I would say, uh, you know, you know, always do what the locals do. Um, just for example, um, I mean, for example, when I went to Taiwan um, and Japan as well, um, you know, they do a lot of baths. Um, it's just a really big part of the culture over there. So they would eat. Mm-hmm. like healthy things um, and the way the bath is set up is that there's food around it's not just like going in taking a steam bath you know getting in the hot pool getting in the cold pool it's more than that it's a whole lifestyle um, because they eat also the, the vegetables that are grown nearby right. um, you know in like mostly vegetarian meal um, so I would encourage you doing that like any if you go to but, a place like that do what the locals do but that's can I? Can we phrase that into a question? Oh, like, the question. Do you do what the locals do? Maybe. Yes. So the question would be: <laughs> Yes, do you do what the locals do? If not, then do what you the should. locals do. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll go. A question. A little bit of a tip. Yeah. No. It will be very interesting to to talk to them because I haven't been on press trips. I know about them, but and I, I think um, yeah. We'll I can give you we'll a press learn. trip. You want a press trip through yeah, um, I, through Queens or Staten Island? Okay. <laughs> We have a lot of plans after this show. I, I'll do them all. Okay. All right. Awesome. So I've been talking to Pichet Ong and his website, which we will update, is pichetong.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at allindustry, at Sherry Bayer, and at Bayer PR. My website is bayerpublicrelations.com. If you miss any of our live broadcasts, you can always find us archived on heritageradionetwork.org. We're on Stitcher and iTunes. So thank you to my engineer, Liz, today. And thank you so much, Pichet, for coming out here. This has been fun. You're, you're multitasking again. Back to what are, you, what are you answering questions now via via text? I, I was waiting for you to finish, and okay. I'm going to say thank you, um, <laughs> Sherry. Uh, it was really fun talking to you. And, you know, we, we go way back, so I think it's... Um, you know, going back to the whole loyalty thing again. Um, you know, I remember. I remember when you uh, were working for Peggy. Um, I wonder what she's up to these days. Um, I think she and left also, culinary and she she, she was did. doing went into like medical PR. Okay. I don't know. Last yeah. I heard, you you haven't been in touch with her. No, no. Oh. Yeah, I. You know, let's. You know, let's try to connect. Um, yeah, you know, we should reunion. Mm-hmm. With with uh, Rick too. With Rick, <laughs> gotta track him down. He's probably fishing somewhere in um, California. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up now. So thank you so much. Uh, I hope everyone out there has enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'll be back next Wednesday at four o'clock with another live show. So I hope you'll tune in then. Till then, have a great one. Bye. Bye.
for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Yeah.